Efren and Reap. <laughs> oh, yay! <laughs> all the uh, radio announcements actually have a personality. They're not sitting there all monodrone. They always are coming up with new stuff, new twists. Yeah! Uh, every once in a while, you guys are not boring. <laughs> You're listening to Efren and Reap. Lock it in and rip the knob off. You're tuned in to the number one show on the planet. The Heffron and Reap Show. The Heffron and Reap Show. Live from your headphones, it's Heffron and Reap. Everybody, welcome to the Heffron John Reap Show. We just switched the names. I'm going by one name. John Reap's going by full name. Yeah. Uh, it was a big negotiation. His people had to call my people. Uh, they debated all weekend arbitrators. Uh, it was a big deal. And that's uh, John won at, in a uh, hung jury. Grand jury. He won to get his full name. So, yeah, and my, by the way, my full name John. is just John Reap. It's not Jonathan David Reap. Yeah. It's just John Reap. Let me ask you this, John, real quick. Why why we fill the room. Mm. Somebody asked, because I forgot where I got this, asked its readers to share their strange superstitions. What are your strange superstitions? One that comes to mind for me when I fly is I always touch the outside of an airplane when I'm boarding. Somebody else said I never finish the bottom inch of a bottle of beer. Somebody else said, I raise my feet when driving over train tracks. I always smell the inside cup before I put whatever I'm going to put in it. Question to you, John Reap. All the listeners who popped into Facebook, well, maybe we'll open it up to the comment lines. But do you have any uh, little strange? Uh, huh. Well, it's you would think maybe. I, I, I don't, although when I see... Like in my neighborhood, we have plenty of cats wandering mm-hmm. around. My girlfriend's neighbor has plenty of cats. So when I see a black cat and I, I feel like it's coming, like it's heading across my path, right. I try to speed up in such a way that it doesn't have a chance to go in front of me or I either I make a left or I just go a different way. Hmm. But very rare. But uh, And that's a stretch. But no, I wonder if our fans have... I have the the ones I have is if I'm walking by or driving by a cemetery, I stop talking, believe it or not. And I, I, uh, I hold my breath like the whole, as you drive, like you drive by, I do that. Um, before I go on stage, I have to put three pieces of paper towel in my, uh, front pockets, both sides. And then I fold uh, three and put it where my wallet would be. Uh, and then I have uh, another That's three. Not, is that real? Or are you just being funny? No, 100%. I have to put paper towel in my front pockets. And I do remember with the when you have the um, paper towel in the bathroom that went junk, junk. Yeah. And you'd rip it. I'd have a beat. I go junk, 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 rip. Wow. And then pocket. Junk, 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 <sighs> rip, pocket. And then. Wow. The more nervous, you know, the how how you can get uh, like 
food napkins, not the little like booze napkins, not the little square ones, but the longer ones, the, the rectangle, the tall. Yeah. I get a stack of those. And for some reason, like the more nervous I am before a show or the more anxious I get, I just keep putting them in my pocket. Your front pockets. Front pockets. Wow. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I, um, Michael Evan Sullivan, one of our uh, live viewers right now from Facebook. We're, we're also live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So leave your comments. We can read them. Like I'm going to read this one. He says, the person that opens the pocket knife is the person that closes it. That is a superstition. My buddy Mark Hunt, also known as Mark Stamos, made, gave a knife back to me. I didn't like some uh, Samantha Don Kingston sent us a country ish pocket knife. Oh, cool. And I hadn't, I opened it and I didn't, there's different ways that you can, that you have to shut them now. There's like all these safety measures and there's a button or a thing and I didn't know how to shut it. I said, teach me daddy. And he mm-hmm. goes, I said, shut this. He goes, I can't, I can't shut it. You have to shut it because you opened it. I'd never heard that superstition before. So he showed me how to do it and then I did it. But uh, going back to your, uh, your uh, napkins and your front pockets. Yeah. Did that ever start? I mean, did it start with like one and you're like, Oh, that was a good set. I had one napkin in here. I got to get like more napkins. Well, I had a, I have a, um, you know, we, we keep a family show. I, I do know the origins story of how it happened. And Were you then trying I to make your what, bulge look bigger? Yes. <laughs> yes. And then it just became uh, just I just kept stuffing them in there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. Listen, we've all yeah. had this thought as people on a stage yeah. when people are literally, quite literally, I level at your junk sometimes at a rate. I had a group stage. of girls when I was like nineteen or twenty came up to me after my show and I'm like, all right, they're going to, they're going to tell me what an awesome show I had or something like that. And they said the whole time we kept staring at your bulge and I was like, ha ha, right ladies. And then the girl says, and by that we mean lack of one. Oh no. So that, so that perfect, that scarred me for the rest of my life. Well, I don't blame you on stage. Uh, you know, it's not fair. Women get to have padded bras <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. I feel like we should have padded underwear just for those moments. Because look, the well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it clean. Yeah. But as a man with the male sex organ, that thing has lots of range when it comes to size. It can get it can grow big. Or it can get really tiny. Yeah. Like it is all about the temperature and the situation. So and the you pants. You can't be judged. And the pants. You can't mm-hmm. be judged on one event. So if all they saw was your bulge at one show, it's probably summertime. It's probably hot in there. No air conditioning. It probably try to try to hide. And maybe oh. that's what they saw. They, they haven't seen a very aroused Hereford. They right. might, might have a different a different idea, a different thought. I'm just saying or it to be underwear that would reflect what your potential is. So it's not like you're lying. It's just like, here's me at my best, like a pat, p- padded bra. Do they have, right? They have to have underwear that has a little bit of a pad. 
But it really wouldn't want it like to be like a bump, like you're wearing a cup, because that would look. How did the guys in the '80s do it? In all those '80s bands, we've heard the sock. We've heard the sock. People put the sock in the front pants. I'm not dabbled with that, but it's too much. It's too much there. I'm not going to Google it because I don't want Google ads or on all my Facebook things. But I wonder if there's a prosthetic thing that you can put on your under so it kind of looks like it oh but see then it's attached to you and that's too much i'm talking underwear that's got a built-in outline of your potential right that like if it's if you're wearing a certain pants it would you would would almost show like those uh you live in a warm weather state but in you know those draft things they're like dogs but they're full of um you know beanbag and you put yeah. it at the bottom of your drawer to stop the draft you're so you almost just like get one of those i wonder if you can invent <laughs> like uh it would be underwear with one yeah. of those draft things yeah it just kind of and then at that point why would you just, just let it hang all the way to your knee That's well, let's, let's work on that yeah let's give some shout outs to heidi and amber and scott and ball nuts that's the guy's name on youtube and shane flint we see your comments. We appreciate you. Um, last time we talked, John Heffern, mm-hmm. you and I were talking all about being assaulted. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes. I I, got, a guy open, open, smacked me. Yep. Uh, and uh, Oh, by the way, dude, can you see this? Sorry to interrupt. Uh, I lost another tooth uh, yesterday. Well, I don't how, have a meth problem. How so? Starburst. I had a crown. Put your finger temple. where it was. Put your finger where it was. Oh, it's in the back. Okay, never mind. I thought maybe it was up. I front. had a temporary crown, but because of COVID, I never got that temporary crown fixed. Mm. You know, because it kept saying, well, in four years when we can have people in. And then I was supposed to go. Um, and then they moved it to November. And then I ate Starburst. And then I heard Crunch Crunch. And then I spit out the Starburst. And it was like a fossil. I had bars oh, wow. of tooth and a crown. So that starburst, apparently 1600 bucks for that starburst. That starburst assaulted your mouth, just like this guy in New York who slapped you across the face. Oh, and like this girl who punched me in the ribs in Charlotte. I have, uh, in case he, we have a guest that may or may not join us. And I want to set it up in case he just pops in here without, okay. a, without a setup. We teased last week that Steve Byrne, comedian friend of ours, very funny dude was also accosted or assaulted by a comedian before the show guy threw water in his face. I hit up Steve. Hey, are you available to zoom into our show? Maybe talk about that. He said, yes. So I think, you know, maybe he'll, he'll join the show later. I don't know. Alan, if that happens, just let him in. Okay. Let's go back to the tooth. So (laughs) are we done with the super, uh, see, I can't even superstitions. I don't know. That's all I have. I don't have any other superstitions. I really don't have any. I don't mess with that stuff. I do. I, I think the other ones I have, if I mean, not that I've been on a basketball court in 700 years, but you always have to leave on a swoosh. Oh, right. Yeah, so you can't, well, you can't leave on a miss. That's for sure. Yeah. So that would be a, a superstition. Yeah. What about stepping on a crack? You ever, you ever avoid cracks? Nah. On, like on a sidewalk? No. Nah. What about going, walking you know, under a ladder? Mom's back, it's broke once or twice. It's going to think. Uh, uh, Shane Flint says, I would tie and retie my boots before going on a mission. Mm. 
So wait, so he would tie them, untie them, tie them again. And then retie them. Interesting. That's right. I think I do that a lot with clothes. Like, again, it, it always relates to performing, but I can't ever get my belt on, like, where I feel it's the right thing until I went holeless belts, which is yeah. the greatest invention in the history of the world. I still got to get those. Oh, dude, don't even waste your time with holes and belts, dude. This so, but I would always just keep making it tighter and tighter. Then as I was walking before I'd, you know, go on stage, I feel get looser and looser. And then I would, t- so I would do that. But I have weird dreams like that before. If if I'm going on stage in my dream, I always have like a wardrobe malfunction. Like something won't tuck in or yeah. or I can't tie a shoe on time and my name is being called. Uh, yeah. No. Well, I got to get one of those belts. I uh I I don't I don't like tying shoes. The older I get, the more I hate doing that. Uh, so I wear hey dudes now mostly. Dude, look what I did. Oh. What happened? Was it a gift? No, I bought them. You bought that? I bought this. I would tell people it's a gift next time. <laughs> what made you want to go out and buy the Look, here's the thing. I'm supposed to like Crocs because I'm the redneck one here, right? I'm supposed <laughs> to be the hillbilly. But look at me. I obviously look like a civilized human being. My, don't, I, don't I look corporate right now? Don't I, don't I look you good do, to you? You do look corporate. Like you, you look like, one, you don't have a hat on. Um, which you normally have a hat on. So so you did your hair. Yeah. Kind of like how you're doing your hair now. It kind of looks like you're not doing your hair. So there's something stylish. Like I did the same. Like you can't tell. Look how short that thing is. Yeah. I yeah, was in sure. La Jolla and I went straight on to a barber. Uh barber I didn't know. And just I sat down and I wasn't gonna give him the speech. I go, I just it needs to be cleaned <laughs> up. I'm boy. laughing at Robbie's Robbie's comment. He said, best birth control ever, Crocs. <laughs> these are the second pair. So I have these Crocs. No, there are girls who love them. Uh, they're out there. I don't. I just don't get it. Tell me why you bought them and what's so great. Convince me. Sell those shoes to me. I wish I had my other pair. So the first pair of Crocs I got were the slip-on just tennis shoes. They look like Skechers. They don't. They don't look like Crocs. You just slip on your feet, and they are so comfortable. I've I've slept in them. I've been on the couch with them, and I forget that I that they're even on. They're Crocs. That comfortable. Crocs, they're Crocs tennis shoes with no laces. You slip them on. It's got the word Croc is super, super small. So only if you're in the private club, can you even notice? Then when I was there, I was like, well, I'll get a pair of these because they're there. Uh, I went kind of like a, you know, tactical chain flint like this tactical green. So in case I have to go on any type of like a mission. Let me see the back of it again. The back of it. Like, uh, hold on. Sorry. The heel. I'm sorry. The heel. No, but like the other way. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't have that strap on the back. Okay. Some of them have the strap in the back. I got rid of the strap, man. I never know when I got to kick these off and kick somebody in the face. So you took the strap off. I took the strap off. Okay. Yeah. 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 And they're comfortable, dude. Like I did, uh, I did lawn to listen. They're probably not safe to do lawn work or ride around in a lawnmower, but they're easy on, easy off. Yeah, but you know what I'm else? 51, you know you what know, else like, is easy on, easy off? What? Like slippers and things that look like crap. I just, <laughs> I just, they look dumb to me. They're just plastic with holes in it. What, was it the reason why it started? Was it supposed to be for something? Because to me, it looks like something that was built for a like an event or a job. And then someone said like, oh, I'll wear these all the time. And then they made it into a regular thing. 
Like, I'm curious, what's the story behind Crocs? I would think Crocs were probably in the, uh, you know, some guy was probably who was wearing Tommy Bahama was on his boat and he got his white New Balance wet when he was on his boat. So I need something that is less work than flip-flops because flip-flops, you got to commit. You got to have some toe strength. You got to hold those flip-flops there. They make a noise. And somebody who, like clogs, and wanted easy and, in and out. they like Swiss cheese <laughs> and they wanted easy in and out. But I, I don't know. I mean, I can look up. See, I feel here. like I'm just going to throw a theory out there and I know it's not right, but these are the things that I come up with in my head when someone doesn't tell me the truth. <laughs> like it looks like something, someone from Wisconsin, like a green Bay Packers fan, like they were probably yellow ones that were made as a joke that looked like Swiss cheese, you know, like the cheese. And they're like, oh, yeah, that looks like cheese, and it's a slipper. We made shoes out of Swiss cheese. Isn't that hilarious? And then (laughs) it caught on. And someone says, you can make them any color you want. You know they have little buttons that you can put so you can style them. I didn't do that. See, I didn't know about this. Tell me more. Yeah, they go in the holes. They have these little pins, and you can put, like, American flag, kind of like your hat you wear, where you can patch it out. You can put whatever you want. You got a sports team. You can put them all on on there. All right. And, I, you know, I'm going to get a little one that just says, if you can read this, you're about to be kicked in real small letters. (laughs) It's right up there. I've stomped out fire with these. Wow. Um, these later are going to go on a mold killing spree. That's oh, yeah. Tomorrow. Well, I, yeah, I bet they're good to throw. I bet they're good to throw. You know, aerodynamic with the holes in it and stuff. No wind resistance on those. Uh, but have you noticed how pretty I look today? Like how beautiful, good-looking I am. Like I look good today. And I'll, and well, I have a, I'll tell you why I look good. Uh, are you wearing like a, a polo shirt? Is that long sleeve or short sleeve? I'm sure. Short sleeve. Uh, is there a logo on there? Uh-uh. He's got a plain one. How do you find a plain one? This is one of the best shirts I ever bought in my life. And I've had it for a very long time. It never goes out of style. And I don't remember. I'll have, I don't want to take it off right now, but it's just a plain Navy right. blue type polo shirt. And it's, <laughs> It's it never it always fits me even when I'm fat or if I'm skinny. Did you have a uh, uh, parent teacher conference? I had an audition today. You had an audition. For- I had a call. This is a. It was not just an audition. This was the triple callback. This was a chemistry test via Zoom with Ooh. other uh, actresses, and so I sat here with the Alan Jackson. He can testify to this. <laughs> for three hours today doing this script right here with other actresses. And it's for, I'm, I'm going to jinx it. I'm not going to get the part anyway. So I'm already going to put that way. If I get it, it'll be a surprise, but okay. I might anyway, it's for a show. It doesn't exist yet. This would be a straight to series kids show for Apple TV. Okay. Yeah, so it so doesn't how, exist yet, but I might get it. Who knows? When you were on the Zoom, uh, Zoom, Zoom, did were they on there too? And and you just how how's that? How's doing? Yeah. You just look across like I'm looking at you right now, and mm-hmm. and we got to act like we got to be like, yeah, I did it right here. So first, you you zoom into the link, 
they wanted you to have this camera set up and another camera set up recording the whole thing just on its own in case mm-hmm. as, a, as a backup. Then you zoom in and there's like casting agents and maybe a producer and like a, uh, a, another person's going to read with you. And then they go, okay, hey, John, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to pipe in so-and-so here in a minute and uh, we'll, we'll go dark. It'll just be you two guys on the screen. And um, whenever you're ready, just start the scene. And I start off like I'm the first person to talk. And I go, okay, cool. It's nice to meet you, so-and-so. Uh, let me know if you're good and I'll start. She goes, I'm good. I'm like, all right, here we go. <clears throat> and then I go. And then they record it. And then when they're done, they go, that was great, John. Um, hang tight for a second and we'll be right back. And then they put you in a waiting room. and It's just nothing. And you just hang out and you wait for another actress to do another scene with you. I did two scenes today. Hmm. So hopefully, well, that's why I look like this because I'm supposed to be like a, I'm like a dad. Okay. Yeah. Like a dad who's like a funny, cool dad. He thinks he's cool, but he's kind of not really. Um, Were the actresses that you screened at, did you know any of them? Have they, have they done stuff? I know you, you, you can't say any of this. Yeah. And you would too. And I I knew Well, one of them. I knew the first one, the the Mm -hmm. second one I did not recognize but it happened so fast Angelina um, Jolie I'm not familiar with who that is you know who that is it wasn't her is that, um, is that uh, just uh, kidding of course I know who that is but no it wasn't her um, do you remember the girl from the glad commercials with the high pitched voice glad back glad hefty bags and like ziploc bags and she had a high pitched voice and she was she's pretty she's cute how old that was, the, that uh, was wait, the first. That question. That was the first one. I don't. I don't. I don't know her. I know. Yeah. The- Here she is now. There we go. We were just talking about a, a, a girl, and then all of a sudden, you you popped up as if that's the reveal. We have oh, good. I'm here for a chemistry read. Um, yeah. I, I want to see if I'm either going to be if it's going to be reap and burn or heffron and burn or heffron yeah. reap and burn. Uh, so wish me luck. All right. <clears throat> First off, I got to say, um, see, congrats on the lighting. I can't figure out my lighting. I like John's lighting. You yeah. look like you do this for a living. Well, it's probably well, daytime there, John. I'm using natural light, but I have a. Uh, I have two lamps coming in this way as well. So okay. yeah. Well, yeah, you, uh, yeah. I don't want to shit on this point. You look, you look great, Steve. I appreciate you zooming in. <laughs> La- last week we did we talk about being assaulted, yeah. and I thought of you, and I reached out immediately. And and, and mm-hmm. thanks for getting back to me, John. Do you want to fill Steve in on what happened to you, real quick? Yeah. Well, we first started. I, I think even before we started talking about what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, me and Reap were just talking like, okay, how do, how do we get more than 10 people to watch or listen to the podcast? And then I was telling about all the YouTube podcasts that I watch of comic fr- or comic people who I don't know but have successful podcasts. And then I said, it's, it's all in the labeling of what the show is. So I told Reap, we got to just start putting John Reap and John Heffern own blank and just start putting really famous comedians' names in there. Mm-hmm. So on YouTube, it kind of pops up all the time, right? So right. we go, well, who do we want to just, and we brought you up 
uh, in this story. And then we said, let's just say John, John Heffern and John Reap own Steve Byrne and not yeah. tell him. And then that way we just <laughs> yeah. like, it's a clickbait thing. It's a clickbait. Yeah. All, all it is is oh, yeah. so that started with, I did a big corporate event in um, Long Island. I, I believe last weekend, long story short, right before I went up, I get introduced to the money guy. He's like, this is the guy who paid your check. Haha. And there was a vice president of a bank or of a hospital was there. Right. It was all super rich people here. The guy takes his hand. I can't do it with this web hand. Open hands me, smacks me right on the side of the air, literally takes up this and goes, you better be funny. But it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a smack. Right. Where I was ringing in this year. It's with, it's the side. I got both, both palsy in. I was, and I was so fucked. I was so pissed. And literally the guy goes, and our comedian for the night, John Heffer. What the fuck? Really? And then I went on stage and just the whole time I'm like, do I have a moment where I tell that guy to, to F off? But I also just got paid a lot. So where's my pride versus, I guess you can buy me out. And I guess I do have a price where you can kind of treat me like shit. And <laughs> so it was a weird moment. So I told John that story because John also got hit by a fan if you wanted to tell that story uh, Steve. just after the show a girl came up to me i thought the show was over i thought the meet and greet was over and i was sneaking back to the green room and she's like drunk she comes up where are you going fucker you know just like that i'm like oh sorry i didn't know you were here i'm i'm guess i'm leaving she goes come here i gotta get a selfie and i'm like all right let's i'm doing like a Passive aggressive, okay. And she sensed that. She goes, Don't be condescending asshole. And then she and then she punched me right in the rib cage. And I was like, Holy shit, I wasn't prepared. I mean, it's a hard punch. And so I got assaulted. John got assaulted. And it made me think of a time where a long, long time ago, when me and you had a college gig yeah. opening for a guy named Henry Welch. Uh, an event happened to you backstage and the yeah. way you handled it was so awesome. But I remember <laughs> being so mad and mesmer I was mesmerized that it happened and how well you played it off. Well, you're going to have to walk me through it. Cause I've had a multitude of these things happen. And wow. when you brought it up, I was like, hi. Huh. And when you're starting to name it, I'm like, it's, it's vaguely familiar, but okay. So you, you, you and I, the broad strokes, you and I, young, young comedians up and yeah. coming. We're, um, uh, I think I had met you before this mm -hmm. somewhere. It's it's fuzzy, but I remember we're backstage. Yeah, Henry Welch was the headliner, mm -hmm. and he had brought his own guy. We did not know that there was a fourth comedian. Right. So we're just backstage trying to figure out the order of the show. Who's going to do what? Who's bringing who up? And you were just asking basic questions. Sure. And the other dude who was with Henry had like an attitude thing. I guess he thought like we were questioning him mm -hmm. for even being there. I don't know how he took it. But anyway, he got mad at you right before someone else was <laughs> going to start the show. And he yeah. had a, a, a cup of water and just went like, fuck off or said something. And then the water hit your face. You're like, what the? And you walked out and you're like, dude, just threw water in my face. <laughs> and then And then he started the show. But it was on the Tuesday, I, I, are you sure it wasn't Mark Curry? No, it was Henry Welch. Okay, but let's Google Henry the Allen Jackson. Can you Google? <laughs> I know Mark Curry because Mark Curry, an incident happened with his opener. Um, I think he either took a splash or took a swing at me or shoved me or something like that. So maybe that took precedent. But I had one show where I was in. I was at the comic strip live in New York City. 
And I remember it was my birthday and I was like, oh, I, I got this new bit and I was young and I was hungry and I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on this new bit. So I go down to the comic strip and it's after midnight, you can pop in, you can do the pop-ins. So I go up, there's maybe 12 people there and you're thinking, oh, I'm a comic, I'm doing it, man. I'm really, I'm working on my, on my craft. And I go up and half the crowd, which is six people, stand up and they're debating the check. And they're all these like, it's like literally Jersey Shore, right? Playing out in front of me. <laughs> I go, guys, 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 can you just do that out there? And and they go, oh, what do you fucking do about it? I go, come on, man. I'm just trying to do the set. And can you just go out there and work on the on the, on the the check? I go, okay, whatever, Jackie Chan. I go, Jackie Chan. Oh. I go, I go, thank God the Lincoln Tunnel's open 24 hours a day. Have fun going back to Secaucus. And then this girl, this girl, they're, they're like Snooky called me like some Asian name, like Asian something, like Asian boy or something. Uh, and I was like, oh, man. And it just like lit. You know, the fuse was lit. And then she yeah. said something else. And the guy said something. And I go, well, <laughs> someone shut that cunt up. And next thing I know, a bar stool. And you guys know these bar stools that the comic strip were bought in the 60s, probably. So like pure iron. Yeah. Some guy just takes it and husks it. Throws oh, it, and I see it hurdle at the last minute. I'm like, ah, shit! And I turn around, crack, split my head open right oh. in the back because I have this big scar in the back of my head. If you ever, if I oh, shave my head, wow. Um, and it felt like someone was pouring hot tea down my neck. And Big J Okerson hears it, runs into the showroom, and goes, "Bro, bro, bro, you got to go to the hospital right now." And so I went to the hospital, and I remember watching Doctor Phil for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> waiting to holding like my the back of my head, waiting to get staples, not stitches, staples with a kick. They staple your head back together. Ugh. I had that hope happen. And I remember the cops came to the comic strip, then they talked to me and they said, you know, are you gonna press charges? And at that time, I was like, I should because out of principle, as a professional comic, I should know better. I should know how to handle that situation better. And I acted like an amateur. And as a professional, I should have been able to defuse the bomb. So it's like those are like the experiences that that I, I considered part of my education and stand up to go. You're, you got to be in control of the room. And I wasn't. And I was a complete moron. So I deserved it. I felt that's back, how you I felt. then. I bet you wouldn't feel that way today. I mean, because I mean, uh, I think your philosophy, your thought process is admirable. And you're like, well, yeah, I should be able to do that. And, yeah, we should. But still, someone's going to throw a fucking stool at you made with iron <laughs> yeah that's that's on them a little bit yeah I, I agree but i you know i was young and i just i i guess it's that catholic guilt of like no i deserve this i i can't yeah. be happy i should <laughs> i should do it on my own yeah but i yeah. Uh, the the greatest fist fight i ever got into uh post oh this happened at the comic at, at the comedy store this happened at the comedy store this is this is the second best fight i ever had but the, ooh, the second ooh, best fight ooh. i was this and you guys know the dark days at the comedy store from like oh four to like you know what like twenty fifteen or something. Right. It was just bad, and you couldn't do a show until twelve people showed up. Right. Yeah. So I remember I was sitting there and it was like nine o'clock on a Friday, and the OR finally gets to open up. I'm excited. I get to do my set, and before I go, before I get called up, this group of Asian kids gets up and walks out of the showroom. They stayed for like two comics. And so I'm being introduced as these Asian kids are walking out and I, I start walking up on stage and there's one, there's this guy in the back 
and he's eating chicken wings. The, the store didn't even give a shit. This guy brought his own food in. <laughs> so he's eating his chicken wings and he looks at me and goes, hey, your friends left. I go, what? Uh. And after he, he, after he says it, he goes like this. And he's oh. licking his fingers. And that's what set me off. I was like, this piece of shit. I go, I go, what? My friends, because they're Asian, I'm Asian. He goes, he goes, he takes another bite. He goes, yeah. And he's chewing. Oh, Remember no. like Superman 2, that guy Rocky? Yeah, 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 yeah. On the pinball machine? He was kind of acting like this guy. I was like, this fucking piece of shit. I go, maybe I'll meet them outside. He goes, and maybe you should join me. He goes, maybe I will. I go, well, let's go meet them right now. So I get off the stage. And you know how it's like a square. I get off. He gets off. We're both walking towards the door and I grab him and we end up on the ground. And I'm like, I'm like Ralphie on a Christmas story. Now I'm like, you read him. And just then his buddy takes one of those, the back tables and he takes a table and he's going to drill me in the head with it. Brett Ernst tackle that guy. And Brett Ernst is taking that guy out now. And now it's a melee in the comedy store. And um, I got pulled off. They got separated. Tommy called me the next day. And uh, it, it became a thing for a minute. I, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to get sued. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And I pulled out the race card because, uh, well, it, it actually. <laughs> well, it's how it started. Though. It's how it started. <laughs> so I hated to rely on that because I hate to be that person. But uh, but that 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 happened. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, dude. I've never heard that story. I didn't know that one. How great is this? You got those two stories and you forgot the one God, I was not even on on one. <laughs> the one that I was thinking of. I've never had. Anything like that, man. Not, I not, find it shocking that Hef would take a take a juicy one to the ear because Hefron, <laughs> he, he, he like he studies like you you I, know. Well, I and, used to like a hundred years ago, but it, yeah, it's but you, the, that's still burning the hard drive. I'm sure, like you could, you're, you're Liam Neeson. You have a set of skills, and you, you haven't used them in a while, but you still. You know what it is? Though? It was one of those situations where you didn't think you were going to be hit. It's it's like. Let's say, you know, you're talking to your mom and she goes, oh, I made you a grilled cheese sandwich and then punches you. It can completely <laughs> came out of nowhere. Did you, did, was them. the guy big or something or was he? No, he, he was a big fat guy. So th- there are those big fat guys that somehow because they've always been bigger because I have I have a skinny man complex. I, right. I've always been little high school. I was 112 pounds, but this guy was big. Right. But it's weird when you see some big guys like that, you're not afraid of them. Because you know they got one move, and that's just to swing at your head. Right. And all, all, they're they're easy to deal with. I'm yeah. way more afraid to fight a guy who's like 140 pounds because he you might know? know something. These days, like everybody, you never know. You got to look for the yeah. cauliflower ears, or yeah, like a little, yeah. a little twisted curious. nose. Yeah, I wish they made cauliflower ears like you could just like just a because like, <laughs> yeah. if I was arguing with you and I turned and I saw you have cauliflower, you win the argument. I'm just, yeah, that's I'm a, yeah, I bet you that's a great little. Uh, I would never, never. Instead of getting plastic surgery to make yourself look younger, plastic surgery to make yourself look like a badass, like, fake like cauliflower ear, little yeah. scar, just like a scar. Yeah, a little scar. Thing. When people ask about it, you go, "Just it's something that my therapist and I just decided we don't talk about." <laughs> then you leave it, You're just like super aloof or something. Yeah, but before, I had before like a weekend in Des Moines, you kind of get the surgery and then you go back to LA and you take it off. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or some prosthetics. Yeah, yeah, you could take on and off. I like that. That's I, I get to work on that uh, social media. I'm like trying it. to think of. Uh, yeah, I think I've done my whole career not. Well, there's comics that aren't fans of mine, but I'm trying to think if I ever got in a yelling, yelling. 
Oh, uh, John, I know Vegas. what happened. I know what happened to you, buddy. I was there. You. I'm sorry. I know you're about to tell a story, but as you were saying this, there was no, a night. Vinny, and I have any Vinny Fabarino. Vinny. Oh yeah, I know that dude. Right, favorite favorite. He was working at the. Yeah, <laughs> you know, man. I mean, literally, me. so I would MC at Harrah's at the Improv every yeah. fourth weekend. It was just, you know, this was a long time ago. You just go there. You're at Harrah's. It's a Vegas week. Is this a Vegas guy? Because I've never heard of him. I he's a Boston guy, but I just remember him being back. You're in the back green room, and this yeah. Carl is the guy who ran sound and all that stuff. There, Carl's super nice guy. Vinny started saying something to me, and I don't even know what. And then he started talking about how he's going to pick up the chair and, and smash it over my head. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick up the chair. I'm going to fucking put it, put it over head. And I just remember just staring at him going, pick it up. Yeah. Pick it up. It's all yeah. I kept saying. Is it pick it up? Pick it up, fat guy. Pick it up. And he just, it was just, so that was probably the closest. Well, well, how, what, what, like, what was his problem with you? That's so crazy. Cause you're like one of the nicest guys. I, th- right. This, this podcast should be called two great dudes. In comedy. Like, <laughs> I, I can't understand. Like I, somebody, I don't, upset remember, I don't remember the, like why he got that mad. I think that's when I was like, you know, I'm, I'm 30. This was 15, 20 years ago. I'm like, eat, yeah. I, I do crawl, I take no fighting. And then he's like, you know, you're not from Boston. I beat the shit. Like he was talking to me like that and then get on stage and he'd make fun of, look at that young kid. And then I was 10 minutes of his, you know, of his act yeah. or something, but I, I don't fun. think any other comic green. Well, they, I already told those stories about the feature acts, but yeah. Well, one night at the improv in Mel on Melrose, um, you and I, it was like a Wednesday night. <laughs> It's and bad that I don't remember these. Yeah, it wasn't that. I mean, it wasn't really like it was a, you know, there were maybe what, 20 people in the crowd. And um, the MC was a guy who I, no one knows him. I don't remember his name. I just remember he's one of those MCs that thinks he has to have a witty banter about each person's oh. performance. Guys, let, let's yeah. not let's not talk about Gary Cannon tonight. OK, let's talk about <laughs> right. I mean, that guy. Right. <laughs> We, we have a he had he, so he had a witty banter about your thing, right? And I think you saw it coming, like you knew he was probably gonna because he had said about each person, and yeah. and it wasn't even it didn't even make sense. And then you like you you were you were walking uh, away from the stage as if to walk out the room, and he said something, and you heard it, and you turn around, and you go, "No, well, actually, what I said, like you like you had a conversation oh, yeah, yeah. with him." Yeah, before he was able to continue, and it was quiet enough in there that you didn't need a microphone. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. And it, it, I, you could tell he got scared, like he wished that you had left the room. Um, and then yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, so, yeah, he shit on my act, and then before because the improv was so small, I stopped and said, "No, well, I actually said because he's one of those those uh, you know L.A. guys that never really worked the road and kind of just did yeah. the like they're a special group." Of fellas, I was so, happy to see you do that. I think you scared him that night. You scared him a little bit. Well, I'll tell you this: I, I was in New York City maybe a month ago, and a lot of those clubs, I think, kowtowed to the outrage of like representation. Right? You need a person of this. So you need a person of this. You need a person right. of this sexuality, etc. So right. all these identity markers, right? And so I think there are certain clubs in New York City that have capitulated to that mm-hmm. and have given into it. And what I noticed in that is that, A, the shows kind of suffer because you're 
hammering some, you're, you're shoehorning somebody in that hasn't really earned their stripes yet. And I really noticed that when I was doing a show and on three separate shows, there were MCs that I'd never seen before or heard of. And not one of them, not one of them ever asked what my credits were. Yeah, and no. any comic who's been through the ringer knows you've hosted for years. That's the first thing you do before you bring up a comic, just out of respect is, hey, is there anything you want me to say about you? Right. Even when we tag team shows, you know, that's always the thing. And these three young comics, I just thought that's the sign. That's the sign that they didn't pay their dues. They didn't they didn't get put through the ringer yet. Yeah, that's true. That piss I mean and one one aspect I go like, well, they they're just ignorant. They're not trying to be douchebags. They just that's all they know. And then on the other hand, I'm like, well, they need to be taught. Am I the one that has to teach them and put yeah, them in sure, their place? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that other features walk around and go like, reaps an asshole. <laughs> but but sometimes it's like I wish I had just had a card and just I, that happened to me once. I forgot who the headliner was. I walked up to, I said, is there anything you want me to say? He just pulled out a card and handed it to me. Like he had, he had them already pre-made. He's like, this is my intro. I'm like, oh, sweet. I mean, in a weird way, I was happy about it. Just to admit, I got a little controlling for a second, but I did that with Spotify playlist. I have pre-show playlist music on Spotify. It's called literally John Heffern pre-show. So I go to the sound kid. I have a playlist played an hour before the show starts. You, just you, don't, smart. You, you don't get to decide what music because the music you pick is horrible. Uh, most of oh, oh, just garbage. Yeah. You know I, mean? was, I was like, with, uh, sh- 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 I go, I never want the crowd to be in this mood. That's why yeah. Kaja Gugu, I savage garden. Yeah. We're truly madly deeply. We bring it down. Everybody's happy. And then we start the show. Very nice. Yeah. You got savage garden. I got savage garden. <laughs> on, on my, I got savage garden. I've rocked. That's why the guy smacked you in the hair. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It sucks. This is like he was on one of your shows in the 90s. Yeah. Steve, are you, uh, are you in Nashville? I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. I will be there uh, Monday if you're up there. Monday, at- yeah, I'm here. I'll be here. I, be- I, I go to Tampa this week to work, but then I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back Sunday uh, night. So, what club are you at in Tampa? Side, uh, side splitters. Yeah. I know that because I was trying to decide between you and John Reap when I open up my social media. Yeah. Which one of you I will see first. Uh, And I'm impressed with both of you to the point where it almost I I feel like uh, what what's uh, not body shaming. I feel my I I have social media shaming when I see you guys. Yeah, because I don't do it's I don't do the level that you do. And I do. What about like Kreischer? Who like lives on it? I mean, he yeah. might as well just have the thing attached to his face, and he's just going around. Yeah, I guess he, it pays off. But Jesus, man, <laughs> yeah, you're going into surgery. It's like, dude, enough. Yeah. Stop. Just what stop was the surgery? A, yeah, what was the surgery? By the way, just curious. Do we know what it was? Apparently, not to remove the phone from his hand. So I don't know what it was. <laughs> but it was for those guys. Like, there. I know we're we're switching subject, but uh, I was telling John, you know the. We can name a billion people where you go, man, they're on all the time. But then you go, their ticket sales reflect them being on oh, all the sure. time. Sure. So you you yeah. can't. Well, if it's something to be said that you know, th- I, I don't think Kreischer's done a walk from one room to the other without recording himself in between those two rooms. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, look, probably- there's certain people that just it, it they're cut out for that, right? And he yeah. he's cut out for that. I just I can't do it. I, I, I feel like dirty doing it. 
like with, with you, Steve, like I know I'm going to see, and this is uh, back in the radio days, a benchmark bit where it's content. I know there's going to be a picture of you lying down somewhere in your yeah. patented Steve oh, Burns pose. I love that. It's I never easy and dumb, easy it, and dumb to do that. But yeah. it's consistent. That's yeah. good. Right. That's and good. I know I'm going to see a picture of you eating at, at a barbecue place. And yeah, shit. Yes. I, uh, I'm not, uh, you know how I get John with, with my ADD. So Steve, I thought about you. I was in New York. Yeah. I'm not even, uh, I'm going to scroll through and try to find it. I walked by a barbecue place when I was in New York last week and I was okay. going to go on social media and I was going to text it to you to see if this oh, brought up any memories. Uh, and I'm going to show it. Let me just do this to make sure you can't. If what's it say? Village Virgil's Virgil's oh. barbecue right Virgil's across barbecue. from the Hudson Theater. Yes, I am familiar so that's with that. Where, well, I think me and you, Steve, went there. The Hudson Theater, for those who don't know, everybody who shot a Comedy Central special uh, shot oh, it at okay. that yeah. theater. Yeah. If you're on Last Comic Standing for anything, you shot it at that theater. That theater has yeah. been used a lot in comedy. I think I ate I, when I walked by that Virgil barbecue place. I had all these uh, nerves because I think I've done like three or four TV things and went to that barbecue place either after or before going, good luck. this is, is going to destroy my career. This is going to be awesome for my career. I hope I don't get nervous, but I, I think I've eaten at that place with you. I was going to text that to you because I know you do barbecue stuff. And I, and let me ask you this. When you post your videos of, of your standup, Steve, do you sit there and, and cut all those clips? No, because I have a question for both of you. I want to steal my own stuff from my first Comedy Central special, and I can't figure out how to do it. I can't figure out how to get the clip off Steve, of it because it's all protected. Uh, the, I've always hired a guy to do those things, and the wow. guy I had recently left, which is good because I, I used up a, a good chunk of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it forced me kind of like to get a little more inventive, but it's been a while, and so I'm going to start it slowly infusing those bits again until I uh, – film this next one so so uh, because of all the other stuff you do i was going to plug all the stuff uh opening act for those of you who uh may not even know steve burns work opening act uh is amazon prime it's on amazon itunes you can rent it right now it's gonna there there's like a little uh bidding thing going on right now for between the streamers so it's gonna end up on a streamer at some point but um yeah i mean look you can rent it for three bucks on amazon or itunes right now it's and it's it's literally i think it's the best representation of our profession ever in 90 minutes there have been a lot of films done about stand-up but um you know I, i thought there's you know the films i've seen as of late are like you know, like hacks or something like that. It's like, Hey, let's, let's, let's do a show about a 50 year old comic. It's like, why? That's the worst. No one wants to watch a story about a guy driving home from Vegas. You want to watch a story about a 20 year old driving to Vegas for his very first time ever. That's the fun. So, so that's why I'm not in it because hold on, I got to deal with the script I was working on (laughs) (laughs) on the 50 year old comic guy. That's right, right, dude. No, um, that's uh, that's true. I, I love that. Also, I want you to brag about the amazing Jonathan doc that you did. Yeah, yeah. I look. I I did a a documentary about the amazing Jonathan. It's on YouTube. It's completely for free. It's called Always Amazing. And Jonathan was the second guy I ever opened for. There's my fingers. Uh, second guy <laughs> I ever opened for on the road. Uh, and I got along very well with him and his assistant at the time, Joel Osborne. 
And just like everybody else, Jonathan was public about his uh, terminal diagnosis. I was disheartened and saddened by it. And then to learn that he outlived expectations, was coming back to stage, I thought, boy, this would make a great doc. And then I, I thought, I mean, I know these guys. I know their backstory. I know everything about them. So why not do a documentary about Jonathan's return, but then also showcase you know, how big his heart was. He took an 18-year-old kid under his wing from Australia who became his assistant. And this kid, Joel Osborne, saw a drug addict through you know, the worst of circumstances in Las Vegas Finally got Jonathan in a good place, said, okay, you're good. Great. I'm going to Australia. I'm a grown man now. I'm going to be a comic on my own. So Joel goes to Australia, becomes a comedian. Jonathan is diagnosed. He's going to die. He makes a return to stage. Joel comes back to open for him. I thought, oh, my God. I mean, this is a perfect layup of a film. And I went ahead and did it. And, you know, you look at the reviews on YouTube. It's just like the film's done really, really well. And I'm I'm proud of it. And, again, having never done a film before, it was like – uh, yeah, let's see what that's you crazy. That I so, it was so good. I mean, I love Steve Byrne. I've known Steve Byrne a long time. I didn't know this part. I didn't know this part. And I'm watching it thinking, you know, like, well, this is first time. Let's watch this. <laughs> and and it was so good. And I know the amazing Jonathan as well. I worked with him uh, one weekend in uh, St. Charles, Missouri, and mm-hmm. it was just this fun crazy sweet man and he said nice things to me when i was there and i was just getting started and and uh when i saw this i was like oh wow this is this is amazing great job my friend thank you great Brady. Job. thank you so much yeah, yeah. And if i so, didn't if i didn't do that film i wouldn't have gotten to do the opening act i mean so it was like it was another example of like taking matters in your own hands and saying well no one's going to give me a, this opportunity let me just do it and i edited that thing in my garage with my buddy on monday tuesdays and wednesdays i'd go off wow. on the road come back and we'd work you know, six hours a day, sometimes 10 hours a day, just editing this thing, eating pizza in my garage. And it was so fun. It was a great learning experience. And it definitely helped me for, you know, the experience of doing the other film. So when you decide now, I I guess I'll switch it just to creativity. So anybody listening, no matter what you do, it's more follow through and um, discipline. I've had 8 billion ideas for 8 billion things, and I've done zero of them. I, I, well, that, that's not true. I think I've done a lot, but uh, I wrote a a spy book forever. And during COVID this past year is when I decided to put it out. Oh, great. Sat down and did it. And then I was like, well, I did one. That's going to unlock me doing a bunch more. Nah, I've sat and just watched Netflix after that. But I always see guys like you and in the times that I've seen you. You didn't realize, Steve, uh, you, we were on just because we read your love language and we know that it, it's uh, people talking nice to you. That's why we have you on the show. That's what- <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> um, but I've seen you, the, the you, like we've done shows together, but I never like last time I saw you at the comedy store. I'm not a comedy store guy, although I was just in La Jolla this weekend. Yeah. Um, I've always seen you with, with you your jokes on a piece of paper and you're in the parking lot and you kind of yeah. know, okay, don't talk to him. He's saying, so I want to know about that process. Cause I've never done that in the history of my life. I don't get it. So if you have an idea for a bit, you're on the flight, wherever you're going to Tampa, something hits you. What is that process from the idea hit you to it's on a piece of paper and you're reading it in a parking lot? Well, th- I mean, that's, that's just always the way I've done it. I always write my setup before I go up on stage. Cause I, I always see people kind of roll in and I'm like, 
they just kind of roll up and do it. Even when yeah. I'm headlining now, I, I, I bring my notebook on stage with me because there's always something I'm working on to remind me of the structure. But last time we actually worked together, you told me about something that I wrote my notebook that helped my writing. And you were oh, talking about how you're, it's a question upon a question upon a question upon yeah, a question. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You're spiraling and you started with a little circle and then it starts yeah. this outreach thing. And I tried it a handful of times and it actually benefited me and helped me out with this bit I've been working on. I've been trying to crack it for a long time. And it was only through that, uh, that, that experiment that I was like, oh, wow, that, that kind of fucking helped me. So thank you very much for that. Uh- Oh, well, that's that's so weird because I got um, I was trying to work on something for somebody else. I guess mm-hmm. that's what I'll say. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this for for this person. Right. So sure. I pulled out. I flew back from Los Angeles today. And on a piece of paper, I just wrote, you know, whatever, whatever the question was and circled it. And I just went, why? Then what? Then what? How come? Right. Yeah. And, I, and then now I, I looked at the piece of paper even before the podcast and went, okay. I'm going to fill in the things now. Here's three things I will, you know, here's, yeah, I'm making this up, but it was like three uh, ages in life I'd like to redo. And I just go one, two, three, and just leave those lines. So I don't even go back and go, well, when I was 12 or 14, and then I just, tomorrow I'll go back and a little bit of the work's done and stuff like that. So it's good after 30 some years of comedy that I'm just now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot of shark tanks. And and I'm telling you, I, I think the mentality kicked in a, a few years ago um, where I was like, you know, do I want to do I want to like be hired? Right. Do I want to be a hired gun or do I want to come up with the idea and try to build the business? Right. And yeah. I think that's when I started reading all these books about writing and taking it upon myself, because the bottom line is, I guess I just suck at auditioning because I never I just never got cast in anything. The only thing I ever got cast in was stuff I wrote myself. So your own income, yeah, yeah. So just like giving myself the own opportunities to to do these things, but I, I wish somebody had pulled me aside younger and give me Save the Cat or you know Sid Field or you know even mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell and said, hey, read this and 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 do this because even in the scripts I've written that didn't necessarily go somewhere, like I still learned so much from that experience of writing that script or that feature or that pilot or even scenes when I when I did the opening act, there were scenes we we're going to have to reshoot. And I wrote, I'm not joking, uh, 20 extra scenes for the film just in case we had to film this thing or what we thought we were thinking of. And I'd write a scene that night and come in the next day and have it already prepared. And even in just those scenes, it was like, I was just such a great experience and I, I feel like such a more confident writer, but it, it helped my stand up so much. So, so much. Yeah. I, I found for what I've been doing now lately um, is, is making a fake project to, to make my brain work on. And then right. I have such ADD that that's just a trick. I'm tricking my body to yeah. think that I need to build this Lego set, but really why I'm building the set I'm, I end up thinking about something else. Like I'm making myself write another book knowing I, this book probably won't ever get written, but already it's making me write bits because there has right. to be funny yeah. within, within. Yeah. You got to give yourself. Uh, yeah. I do that with this podcast and the other one country ish. I think, well, I've got these segments that I want to do every time. So each week I got to think of a new thing for the next segment for the next time. And then it forces me to sit down and start doing something and then that creative brain keeps going like, oh, well, this will be for another thing. And then before you know it, you've gotten a lot of shit out there, you know. Um, Wait, I can, ask- I, can I tell you something? I yeah. was just talking to somebody 
I was in um God, it's like typical comic. I don't even remember where I was last weekend. I was yeah, in yeah. Phoenix. I was in Phoenix, and Patrick Keen and I were talking about you. Okay. And you had <laughs> you had posted a closing bit you'd done, and I'd seen this before. Um, but we were talking about your <laughs> your dance thing where you're doing the lawnmower and yeah. the, the shopping cart, and then. And then that spiraled into the uh, football referee, which is like still one of my favorite bits. I know it's an old bit, but I, you know, because we're at the store, we would see each other all the time. And it was just such a great physical, you know, both those things. And I was like, man, if this guy, you know, you see somebody like Caparillo, who's like headlining in Vegas. And I was like, if there's anybody that would ever just crush in Vegas with residency, it would be you. I mean, you would fucking crush that shit, dude. I agree. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Like yeah, a, a, I, yeah, I feel uh, – yeah. Uh, so my management uh, was with Ralphie May as well. And Ralphie May had parents? that residency. Like, yeah. And like I was supposed to possibly be the next the next one. But it was such a weird time. But And I've, I've had those conversations and I would totally do it. Mm-hmm. It's got to be one of the best things ever to just be, especially if you're in the same hotel, uh, you know, if you're on that, that penthouse or whatever, and you come straight down, like I would love to do that. Um, but I, I feel like it would kill me because I just know yeah. Vegas oh, is so Vegas. much fun all the time. And it's hard for me to say no to someone who wants to hang out and have a drink. And before you know it, it is 6 a.m. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all been there. Um, but <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, now, did, Steve, you you've worked. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were yeah. you part of the Wild West Comedy Fest? I was part of the Wild West Comedy Fest after they did the movie. After they did the movie, um, somebody was um, <laughs> a bit diva-ish. I think we all know who it was. And uh, and I, I I just moved to LA and took over for that individual uh, as they continued to tour a handful of times. So that's. That's how I got to meet Vince Vaughn and Peter Billingsley. It was through a MetaMed, and I just came to the comedy store, and you know, I, I think they were like, "All right, let's let's find somebody else." Gotcha. And they said, "Hey, who else is available?" And I said, "This guy Steve just moved here from New York. He's he seems pretty cool." Yeah, and that's how I kind of started doing it. But so the film part, you were not you were not in that the film, not in the film, no. Okay, well, there's a scene in there I want to mm-hmm. talk about because you've probably seen it. Um, so Sebastian Meniscalco. He's yeah. doing a, a bit in Florida mm-hmm. about how he doesn't like people who wear flip-flops. Oh, yeah, and he bombed. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> it was hilarious because I love Sebastian. I've seen Sebastian. He's he's a beast, right? He's sure. one of the best. We've seen him. He's doing great. <laughs> so, but to see the look on his face when he came backstage, and he Shell knew shot. this was being filmed. Shell shot, yeah. Yeah, and he just walked in. He's like, I don't know what happened. Why don't they agree? And so I thought it was so funny because John Heffron just bought a pair of Crocs. Oh, Heff. <laughs> Heff, you deserve that smack to the head. <laughs> For the second time this podcast. Savage Garden. And the fucking rocks. Yeah, listen, oh, I, on, I, I know my wheelhouse. Listen, I'm not I'm not performing for that section show Friday anymore. 
I've uh, you know I've realized um yeah that's the problem I'm, I'm I'm two years away from trying to go who books the villages in Florida Who's, <laughs> ah yeah who does those I've, I'm kind of done with anything with the word funny or bone in it and I'll do a four o'clock show at you're the on the Sox. you're on the Jimmy Schubert tour now it's it, yeah it makes I was trying to look for a video um that I was going to send Alan of uh, all three of us dancing in Nashville oh yeah, yeah. one of the nights of my life. That oh, was so much fun, dude. We were doing karaoke. We were hanging out. White Manning. We were singing karaoke. Yeah. Practical Joker guys were in there. Was doing a, a lot of a lot of boy band shit that night, too. It was good. Yeah, we were. That's, well, John yeah. especially. You were doing no wait, what is no way? Hang on, what is Steve Burn like? I was out of my mind and I was doing just fine. I was living in it, and then I was the taking a bath and now I'm washing my face. What was that song? The killers, Mr. Brightside. Yeah. No, that's yeah, I've seen Burn told me the story about like that. And yeah, every time you sing that, I get all jazzed. It's good. <laughs> that was that was a good one, man. Well, we should we should collectively do like a one off in Vegas together sometime or whatever, just just to uh, have some 100%. fun. My buddy owns a uh, owns a venue downtown. We should just go and have fun. That's what me and, uh, me and Reap we were sitting around and we're like we we did a couple shows together. Yeah. We're like, let's try to grab these. Um, so me and Reap are doing a bowling alley tour in Michigan. Oh, that's awesome. We got five dates and we're going. Uh, Brunswick is sponsoring us. So we're getting shoes, that's hats, awesome, man. Uh, yeah. out clothes. And it's just all uh, Western Michigan. So Grand Rapids kind of all up in, in that area. And uh, yeah, selling like 1,300 tickets to all the places. Wow. And then we're even going to move. I think we're going to try to develop the Heffern and Reap bowling alley bars. So you're going to see, we're going to be like Toby Keith in bowling alleys. <laughs> we're just going to start opening our own chain of bars in bowling. It's a niche. Nobody, right. Everyone's trying to get TV shows on Netflix and movies and mm-hmm. stuff. Me, me, me and Reap are going with the, with the bowling alley. Well, yeah, bar. I, I, I went to Luke Bryan's here in Nashville for the sushi. And everybody's, everybody's like, Oh, he's a great country artist. I'm like, nah, the sushi's the shit. That's how I, <laughs> that's how I know I'm the rooftop uh, sushi I, guy. Are you, I, look, Steve, I know you love Nashville. You've been going for years. Me too. John too. Now that you live there, has it uh, changed for you? Are you like oh. still in love with the city? What's going on? It's just the quality of life. It's it's so great. You know, there's no traffic. People are super cool here. All the artists I've met, country artists, big country artists, they're just laid back and normal. It's like uh, I remember I, I did the uh, red carpet for the CMAs with Saratiana one year, and we did that. And everybody I met was so nice. Even Garth Brooks, he came over. He goes, hi, I'm Garth. And I go, I know who the fuck you are. Because <laughs> I, like, right. I didn't know anybody. And it became this thing, I guess. But uh, but I mean, that's that's part of the reason why I love the charm of the city. And um, everybody's so nice. Are you still doing stuff at Z- Zany's? I think you guys were going to work on some sort of uh, a night or something. We talked about this briefly. I can't remember what capacity it was. But you were going to do a thing possibly with Zany's over there? Yeah, I'm doing a. Uh, I do a crowd work show where I, it's Steve Byrne versus Nashville. So I do that. Um, oh, I just good. did that uh, two weeks ago. I'll, I'll get another one on the books. Callan and I were doing a podcast, and we were doing some live shows recorded from here, and that's no longer happening because uh, he's yeah. he's he's a little busy. That happens. Um, last yeah. time I was in Nashville, uh, I when I saw Steve, I had, I'm paranoid to do anything but my act. I'm not a good improver. So Steve actually called me on stage uh, and we rapped. You were, and, that's right. You were. <laughs> and uh, I was. It was forced, you and Angela Johnson, right? 
Yeah, and uh, Kate Quibley. And Kate Quigley. That was that was a fun night. Just kept spilling drinks on stage. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that I just right. think rapping Darius Rucker uh, songs for some reason. But yeah, so wow. was, um, that was fun. That's one mm. of my favorite clubs in the country. Is Reef, you're like Nashville. an hour and a half. You got to come in more. It's a little further than that. Oh. It's about four yeah, hours. Oh, four. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I know. When you were calling me about doing stuff, I'm like, I don't think he knows how far away I actually am. Okay. I think it's like three and a half, four hours. But uh, that being said, I can still drive there, you know, once once a month. There's something yeah. big. Knock out a bunch of shit and come we back. We have home. to. Because then, if, I don't know when the last time you were there, uh, John, but if you they have a mural on the side of the thing. And yep. I'm... I'm kind of maybe opposed to uh, two or three people on the mural. So no, we got to make a campaign. You got to start performing more. I'm going to start performing more. Okay. So that way we can I just tell everybody up. Henry Cho is me. I just say, oh, that's, that's <laughs> me. That's what I tell my kids. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Who was it? It was Reno. Reno Collier was Zooming live from Zanies with us on a show like this, uh, this show. And – he confused. Oh, who John? Do you remember who it was? No. He confused somebody. He goes, oh, that's um, and it was totally the wrong color. Oh, that's funny. Like, cause it, that night light at night, everything looks like a dark brown. Yeah, but he got the whole ethnicity wrong. It was priceless. But yeah, I my goal is to be on that wall someday. I really want to be on that wall, and uh, I I know they're adding new people all the time. So if Dorfman's watching this, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm gonna go Sebastian on your ass. You ever notice Sebastian can never? He can never. And this is genius. He can never get hit with anything that's thrown because he's so sideways. He's sideways. So he's fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like he can't. Okay. He's fast as hell. Um, well, Steve, God bless you, buddy. Oh, oh, I know. I was gonna ask you one more thing. Yeah. You're a Pittsburgh guy. Yep. That's the hat. There's the there Pittsburgh Pirates right there. Um, I, I've been to Pittsburgh many times, uh, in the airport once I thought like, everyone's talking about this sandwich for years. I've been watching Monday night football my whole life. Yeah. So I went and I had one Yeah. and I, you know, I'm going to chalk it up to, it was airport per, uh, it's different downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because I was like, what? It, it can't be, it can't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, any like even Gino's cheesesteaks. I was in Philly, and I was like, "Oh, I got to get a Gino's, right?" And it's just yeah. not the same. I don't yeah. know what it is. I think it's the quality suffers, obviously, but I don't know what it is about an airport where the transference isn't happening. But if you go to Pittsburgh, yeah, you got to go down to the Strip District to the original Permani Brothers. I know there's one right next to the Improv, and it's good. It's okay. good. It's better than the airport, but you got to go old school, the Strip District. And what the story of Permani Brothers to anybody listening, it is it is constantly ranked like the top one, two or three sandwiches in the country on the Food Network every time they do those polls. And what it is, is the strip district was where everybody used to get their groceries back in in Pittsburgh in the early 1900s. And as you as the years went on, truck drivers would come in and there was a place called Permani Brothers. And what they do is they would have a sandwich, coleslaw and French fries. And these truck drivers would come in. They wouldn't have time to sit down and eat it. So what they did is they would just take the sandwich, 
put the French fries and the coleslaw in with the meat that came hot, hot, fresh off the grill. And then they would take it and eat the whole meal in a sandwich. Right. And so that's the whole thing. And I'll never forget the first time I went, I was a teenager. My father took me. He's like, you got to try this thing because we had just moved from Jersey. And he's like, yeah, this is the greatest sandwich ever. I had two and a half Randy Brothers sandwiches. And I've never come close <laughs> since. I, I've, I've gotten a two, but I haven't gotten over the half. So when I was 16, <laughs> I think it was the first time my father took me. And we've been there for a few years, but uh, it, it is the best. It's, it's the best. Yeah. Uh, I, anytime you get airport food, even if it's a chain that you know, yeah, they, they'll, they'll find a way to screw it up. Because yeah. the people who work in the airports, they know they can't be fired. They're just – they know they're like government employees. Like, yeah. 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 No one's going to report me. They're never coming back here. Yeah. But so, I, so I get it. So I had to bring that up because I was underwhelmed when I had it at the airport. But I know what it was. It was the airport. So all right. Very good. Uh, thank you, Steve. John, Gentlemen, you final are thoughts. literally two of my favorite guys to run across uh, when I'm doing shows. I truly love you guys. And Hef, I'll see you Monday. Yeah, Monday. Um, looking doing forward a, to it. And we, maybe you can come out. Maybe you can come out Monday. What, what's happening Monday? I forgot. Hefron's going to be in I'm Nashville. I'm doing, doing a set with all these power hitters that now live in Nashville. I'm going to put a sticker, John Hefron sticker, on the um, mural. Uh, oh, it's Steve I, team that's in Nashville, and then uh, yeah, she should show up, John. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I have this coming weekend off, beauty. Uh, although I do have a Heffern and Reap on my calendar. That's a Monday night, John. What, do, what are we supposed to do with this podcast when you're over there playing with your friends in Nashville? That's right. I I will not be able. Yes. So I'll hold the fort down. We I'll hold the fort down. You go over there stuff. and have fun. Just zoom in if you can. All right. Well, I love you guys. I love you, Steve Byrne. It's great seeing you. Take Thanks, it easy, gentlemen. brother. Thanks for having me. Love you guys. Yes, sir. Steve Byrne, everybody. Come on. That guy's um, great. I could talk to him for three more hours. I. That's everybody. That's everybody on the Zoom. Un- unmuted their mics. Uh, um, yeah, he's a great guy. I remember when I saw Steve years ago, he was like, this was a long time ago, where he was moving out of Los Angeles, and I saw him on a plane holding an Xbox. I forgot to bring that up. He's just holding an <laughs> Xbox and PlayStation. And I was like, oh, he's like, yeah, I'm moving. Or, or, That's all I need. I just that need happened to a couple of people I know. I remember talking to Billy Gardell um, someplace, and he was going to move back to Pittsburgh. He was a week away from moving back to Pittsburgh or leaving Los Angeles. And then he got um, his TV show. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Right. Like how, how, how things can, can switch like that. And now he's doing commercials for type two diabetes. Have you seen these? Have you seen these commercials? Let me ask you, not, not Billy Gardell. The the equation. I listen, I know how bad I am money management. I've made a lot of money in my life and I've wasted most of it or I, I've, I'm not a good saver. So, but when I see guys like Billy Gardell, right, he's, he's got a, a lot of money. And then when I see, like when I see Shaq doing those insurance commercials with, with the fake general, right. I'm always like, what, like what Why? that commercial Made you an extra forty grand for the year. It was it, you needed to do it. It's got to be one of those deals where the offer is insane and the work is easy. Where they it's probably like, go like, "Dude, you're going to be here three hours, right? 
We're going to get you in. We're going to get you out. We're going to get you everything you need that day. We're going to hook you up. We'll fly you out, blah, blah, bam, bada, boom. And we're going to give you, you know, five million bucks. He's like, all right. So, but you know the commercials I'm talking about with Billy Gardell. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. He's an actor. He is, but it's funny just knowing, uh, dude, the guy's played blackjack in my house. We had a poker night at my, I know him. It's fine. Uh, His manager is a friend of mine too. So, but it's funny just knowing him. And then seeing him go go to actor mode and be walking around like, see what they could do for you, you know, <laughs> and just lifting these bands. It's, and- it's funny when, when you watch a decent amount of TV like I do, you start to see the same actors. There's a certain couple guys. There's a couple guys in their mid fifties that I'm yeah. seeing all the time. Like one is like he's a same. He's in Prejudice, the the testosterone replacement, and then right. there's another. Uh, one that is like the same guy. Um, I had a point to the story, but I completely forgot it. Oh well, <laughs> you keep. Oh no, the same no. So, so there's one guy that I think he gets booked because he's a good walk and talker. He's like a Mi- Midas oh, yeah. and, or or some like like online training for uh, repair, and he's walking through the shop in the in the dot, and he's talking. But then I saw him in another commercial. Where he doesn't stop, he just keeps walking the whole time. So he's like, that's his hook, and that is a skill. Um, <laughs> because not only do you have to, all right, here's the thing: a little inside, behind the scenes look in the show business for our viewers. Uh, walking and talking, it sounds simple. People make fun of it. The guy can't walk and chew, talk and chew gum, and say, um, when you're walking on camera for any kind of movie or TV thing. They ask you to walk at a weird pace. Like it's not the pace you would normally walk. So you have to look like you're walking naturally at a weird, slower pace than you would normally walk. Or you've got to be in sync with the camera guy who's walking backwards, who's got a cord guy, and you don't want to walk too fast and hit him. It's a whole dance right. that you got to do. So, so John, you're exactly right. When I see people who do it well, I go, that guy's good. Uh, hey, real quick, before we start to wrap it up and, and end it, do we, we, I guess we should, let's talk about our quick tour real quick. Oh yeah. It's to the Western Michigan tour that me and John are doing. We're hitting, uh, I don't want that one. I want happy. I want happy walk. I want this. This is a song I want right here. Listen, if you're in Michigan, if you know anybody who lives in Michigan, you know anybody who who can point Michigan on a map and they'd be interested in going to the Heffern and Reap, that's how we roll tour. Although one of the venues switched the name to something that they would like that has nothing to do with what me and John said. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you you can't do, you can't do rewrites. The name of our tour is the name of our tour. But what anyway, trying to call it. Party call it. it, it they uh, changed it. But we are. That's how we roll tour. That's the and name they of it. Switch the name. I think if you go to that, if you go to the Park Theater in Holland, Michigan, they switched the name on us. Interesting. What do they switch it to? I, that's how. That's roll. That's roll. We how. I, no, they switch it. It's some other, it's some completely, hmm. some something that we did not okay. But it's okay because I guess we're selling good tickets there. So, you know. You know how fun. we were talking about it 
last week about like, oh, we're we're nervous because we haven't seen him post a whole lot about us. And I thought Always. like, well, I'll go leave comments yeah, on we their their pages. If, if you're following us, if you're following me and John on, on Facebook, you know what we're doing. And and some people love it and some people hate it, but we're doing a <laughs> anytime I see John Reap post anything, I always go, Hey, we were just talking about this. And right. we do it on random people's website, and it's funny. But if we can put the dates back up there uh, real quick, I just uh, bang through them. So if you're in Michigan, somewhere on this podcast above the video will be the link to the tour. I don't know if they're on HeffernandReap.com, but August 25th, Wyoming, Michigan, just a little bit south of Grand Rapids. Then Holland, Michigan, we're going a little bit north of Grand Rapids. Then on the 27th, Rockford, Michigan, uh, at a bowling alley, uh, they're the ones that they're plugging everybody but us. Where the I'm, I'm the Michigan guy. I'm the guy who was born here. Uh, they're plugging all the comics who <laughs> probably don't even know anything about Michigan. They're probably gonna just mispronounce Muskogon. Um, anyway, Rockford, and then on the 28th, Muskegon, and those are the two nights. By the way, John, me and you are homeless because uh, I haven't found a place for us to stay those two days. I just now remembered that. I thought um, we had a hotel room the whole time. Uh, in no, Grand Rapids. in Grand Rapids. But then we leave uh, Friday to go up to Rockford and Muskegon, and we don't. We are so I just that's probably nothing nobody needed to hear on air. But um, good to know, though. I'll start looking. Oh, I'm going to have a backup for they me. Were, they were two comedians performing at bowling alleys in. Western Michigan. But on this time, they had no place to stay. Yeah. Until until one of them went on hotels.com and got a backup just for him and didn't tell his friends. Um, Just so he could say, that's what you get. But yeah, so if you see those links, if you know anyone in those areas, they're going to be super, super fun shows uh, because we created them out of nothing. And we're going to places. I heard one of the places has an ATM on stage. Um, so we're playing in venues that we've never played. And they, it might seem a little odd to us or not as flashy. But the John, people who show up are going to have a great time. Yeah, we should, make a game. we should make a game out of the ATM on stage. Like when that's we go your, back up to close the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll say like if uh, we'll pick a someone's ATM card at random. <laughs> they give us the card. We get five tries. Doesn't the bank the call them though, or something? Yeah, well, that's how mm-hmm. we. That's how we uh, end it. That's the uh, Michigan uh, How We Roll tour in Western Michigan. I've even messed up and said it's Mid Michigan. It's not. It's Western Michigan. It's gonna be super Western. fun. It's gonna be end of summer. You know, it's gonna be fall pretty soon. So it's gonna be fun. Everybody out in cabins and boats. Come on, see me and John Reap. I'm looking forward to it, buddy. I really am. And um, there, I know tickets are starting to move. We are. Go, it's going to sell out. So you got to. You better jump on it now, even though uh, you think you have time. You really don't. That's what two weeks from now. Less than two weeks. A little bit over two like weeks. That. Yeah. 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 So get on it. Do we want to yeah. do the the thing where we you know how to do the troll patrol on yeah, country ish? Do we want to show that? Yeah. 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 Okay. So what I like to do. And this is not, I don't count this as a troll. This right. is a, a real question. But I know if I leave comments as a verified John Reap page, 
that people are going to read more into it and maybe they're right, right. but it was a question. <clears throat> so one of these Facebook pages of one of the <laughs> venues we're performing at, John had mentioned to me, he's like, wow, have you noticed they they haven't posted anything about our shows right. and, but they are posting about other comedians who are coming, but why, why are they posting our shows? So all I did as a verified John Reed page was go to their page, not verified. And I just simply asked this question on each post that they put of another comedian. I simply yeah. said something like, Hey, where can I find information about the John Heffern and John Reap tour? Yeah. And Hey, the Alan Jackson, did we, did you ever pull that up? Did you ever find it? <laughs> we could possibly show it. If you do um, pop in here, let me know if you have it. If not, I can remind you of where it was. Uh, give me just a second. I'll have it. Okay. So that's all I did was leave a comment under other comedians that they were promoting. Yeah. And one of them got like 160 reactions. I brought more people <laughs> to their page who don't live in Michigan. Yeah. But, you know, I've got 207,000 followers on my verified Facebook page. So anytime I post something, the people who are following and get notification, they see it. Yeah. And so they go there and they they leave comments and they follow the page. So just on a comment alone, I've raised more awareness for this place <laughs> than what their post that they did on their own would have done. So for that, you're welcome. <laughs> That's what I'd like to say. Which one was it, John Hefford? Do you remember what's the name of the uh... – uh, Oh, here it is. Okay. Yeah. The Back Alley Comedy Club. Here's a comedian that's Tattoo Life by Shane, Shane Smith. Smith it, it was a great, he's from um, Utah. I've worked with him before. Yeah. Very, uh, very cool guy. Nice. Interesting story. He's actually, uh, yeah, he's a big military guy. He's done a lot of lot of stuff. I'm sure he's great. He's a great I guy. I have no beef at no, all. But he's coming November 12th and the 14th. Me and John are coming in two weeks. So we, we I think I would push all the love in the two major headliners you're showing that are showing up in two weeks opposed yeah. to November. So they right? posted, they posted that come see him. And I wrote, where can I find information on the John Heffern and John Reap show? 106 people either liked it or laughed at it. And it's gotten, I don't know how many, like 10 replies yeah. maybe. Uh -huh. And uh, they said, we appreciate this is what the whoever's running Back Alley Comedy Club's fa Facebook page. They replied, we appreciate the sudden boost of traffic to Shane Smith's post. And I would like to reply to them now. You're welcome. Imagine what I could do for your club if you talked about me. <laughs> right. Yeah. If we put some of that. Think of that traffic boost to instead of doing a snarky reply. <laughs> why don't you focus on the guy who's bringing all you this, this love to your page as a joke. Imagine <laughs> what I would do if I were serious and tried hard. Think of that. Think of what we could do as a team. I'm so, uh, yeah, that's one of the places, though. I believe what is that's our uh, Friday or Saturday show. That's the bigger room. Um, yeah. We're doing well in all these, and I get it. They want to 
push dates, but um, someone's leaving a comment. Jacob said, yo, Reap, I looked for you on my Facebook, but I couldn't get LOL. You type in facebook.com slash J-O-N-R-E-E-P. Look for the blue check mark. It is a page, not a profile. It's a page. So also, since we're talking about just Facebook pages, I just want to do this, John. And then I think we have to have her on as a guest. Alan, I hate to do this too. Wait, th- was that a picture or was that live? What what Alan just showed you, showing the f- a Facebook page. It was live. Can you go to mine, the mm-hmm. uh, Facebook slash John Heffron? Uh, I'm not bragging. I have uh, 225,000 people less than John Reap. Oh, not that many. That many. I don't know how you do it. Maybe it's your charm. Maybe it's your so look. You've got negative. I'm. I got two hundred and seven thousand. You said minus two hundred twenty five. Now you've got thirty five. I only have thirty five. But scroll uh, down. Just we're gonna go. I'm gonna show you how somebody. Oh, that's us plugging it. Go. That's all my albums. <laughs> I got like seven of them. It's weird. Um. Go. I start getting personal on my pages. Have you noticed, John? I noticed it's, that. I just yes. noticed. Right. It's a new. It's a new thing for me. So uh, keep scrolling, Alan. That's where I left up uh, wrong info. Um, that's us right now. That's weird. Hey, John. Hey, hey, John. Uh, that's us plugging it. Keep scrolling. That's uh, me at the comedy store. You can watch. Oh, I'm dancing there. Uh, that's me trying to plug a YouTube channel. I, I didn't even know I have. That's me trying to plug my Spotify. Stop. So I posted, uh, this was on my phone. Okay. It was just how to make caramel apples. And, and now it's scroll up so you can just see what I write about it. It was just, uh, this was on my phone. Um, I don't know the original source. And then I, I threw in a link for me, but then Alan scroll. Look at this. This just makes me want a quick comedy. See, look how great that looks by the way. Okay. So now John, look at, look at 6.5 thousand likes wow. on an apple. Okay. Now look below my friend, Christina. Yeah. Did, did you see her? She's, she, uh, she's a mom. Very funny. He's written a bunch of books. Uh, her comment alone has gotten, 1.4 thousand uh, likes on her yeah. comment. I've never right. got that many likes or comments on any body of work I've done as a comedian for 30 years. She does it once and she's boosted that one thing into a stratosphere. So guess what, uh, John Reap? I think in a week we have uh, Christina on the podcast. We have her on and we also have... <laughs> Cause she's awesome. Uh, verified. I, I'm not done with back alley bowling. I want more okay. verified people to go comment on our comment. Let's bring them a lot of heat. Um, maybe Christina could leave a comment over there on my comment. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, I'm interested. Uh, she's verified. How many followers does she have? Do you know, click on it. She's dude. It's a couple million. 2.8 million. What does she yeah. do? She wow. wrote uh, a I, I book feel stupid on, for not knowing her. Okay. Yeah, she wrote a book on uh, being a mom. Um, and I met her at a comedy club. Her soul, her show was uh, sold out 18 billion fold. And she did like a four o'clock show before mine. And then my show wow. was later that night with 70 people. We um, totally have to get her on the show, dude. Totally. Yeah, of she's super funny. Has great content. Super cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so anyway, she, she helped boost one post of mine. So that's what type of influence. John, so here's what, since you're friends with this girl, yeah, what you got to talk her into is 
cross-promoting. So what that means is when we go live with her, she's putting the feed out on her uh, network, her page, as well as our page. And then we get more love. And then How how do you talk her into that? Yeah, we got to talk her into it. And then we got to load up that show because I know her fan base with a lot of fun stuff. Like I'm going to talk charcuterie boards. We're going to talk about like like kitchen uh, uh, mineral paint. You know, it's yeah. very, uh, you know, like I'll that. Come, I'll come we're with gonna something. A, I'll come, we'll I'll come with tutorial, something. And okay. then we'll just talk about parenting. I, listen, I'm not, but we'll just, we'll do parenting. Sure. We'll, we'll make it, we'll like play to her, her crowd. I love it. You know what I mean? It's, it's Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right, well, let's plan for that. Well, you're going to be in Monday. You're going to be in Nashville. So I'm, I'm going to be in that. Nashville. So you're not going to you're not going to be here next week. It'll just be me running the show. I think so. I think we have a sub. Maybe we can have a sub. I'll I'll find a sub, or I can just me and Alan can do it. I don't mind talking to the people. We could have it a fan appreciation night. Right? I can just, try to do it from the club. You know how it's weird there though with the internet. We've tried it a couple times. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll oh, figure something out. Wait, I'm doing a podcast that I don't even know. They reached out to me being in Nashville. I should ask them if we could do that cross thing. Yes, totally. If, especially if they have tons of followers. It's Willie Nelson's granddaughter. I has a music comedy podcast where they kind of talk about writing. And I wonder if I can get her to do it at this time. Wait, is that she the one that does Willie's Roadhouse, Sirius XM? Maybe I don't know. I just got. I, I, I think his daughter book. like hosts a show on there. If that's okay. her, I mean, say yes that. no matter what. But if that's her, that's even cooler. Okay, we'll work on that. Yeah. Um, because then right. we're getting weeks away from plugging our bowling tour. Yeah, baby. Are we Get bowl, your tickets. Actually, are we going to bowl? Like we're we're there every night. The shows will be done early. Yeah. I mean, who wanna? I'm bowling. Because if, if I yeah. bowl two nights in a row, that would be the most I've ever bowled in my entire life. We're totally bowling, and we're going to record it. We're even going to go live when we bowl some, sometimes. Perfect. It's going to be a fun thing, dude. I'm going to get. I'm getting. I'm getting uh, tips from Kyle Troop, professional bowler. All right. Uh, anything? Are you plug? Are you home this weekend? Want me to plug anything? Uh, I'll be in Atlanta next weekend at the Punchline in Atlanta. Um, punchline. So hopefully, it will be open. But I, uh, I'm not sure if they're going back to the masks or not. Yeah, I know. But I'm going to be there regardless. So come on out and support me. <laughs> uh, I will be home uh, killing moles if uh, I could be in everybody's thoughts as I try to wage this war against uh, it. I'm losing it. It's a losing yeah. battle. Um, but I'm going to give it a try. And I'll report back to you Monday. I appreciate and, that. And let you know. By the way, you you good. I, I kind of feel like uh, how you look today with your shirt and your hat or without your hair. I mean, mm-hmm. you should like just not go straight home. <laughs> like, you should just like be seen out in public just like this. Mm. You know what I mean? So you're saying you like it. Maybe go get it like a new driver's license picture taken or go get a passport photo taken just because you look like this and just save it. Good call. Um, you know I, mean? I would do yeah, some stuff. I, would run some errands. I don't know if Alan Jackson makes you like swipe a card and show ID when you come into his place. I think the beard is like trimmed. This is the best I've trimmed this beard in a long time. So oh, 
Thanks, John. Thanks for the compliments. Thank you all for watching Heffern and Reap. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Uh, we appreciate all of you. Hit that Patreon if you want. We'll put a link up to that in a minute. Uh, get you some Heffern and Reap merch. And uh, I'm John Reap, and over there is John Heffern. And I guess we're out of 5,000. G, how do you want to end it? Like this. Bam, take us out. Somebody. <laughs>